Welcome to podcast 114 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. I'm Matt, and on this week's pod, we have absolutely no save updates. Uh, chat about our visit to Sports Interactive's offices, some new feature chat, and the first of three interviews we carried out whilst we were there. But first of all, let's see who I am joined by this week. Mr. Dave Azapardi, welcome. Thank you, Matthew, uh, and hello to everyone else. Hello to everyone else there. Uh, Mr. Dupe, Welcome. Hello, Matt. We're going to peek behind the curtain. You've got a very, very uh, vivid office. I was not going for Big Sock. (laughs) That's his mate. (laughs) You know what they say about Big Socks? Big feet. Very vivid office you are currently recording from. I like my office to be opposite to me. It's very bright. Wow. I mean, self-deprecating humour is welcomed on this podcast. Kurt Dizzle, welcome. Hello, everyone. Everyone, we're just we're being all inclusive today. And Joseph running us off. Welcome. What's going on, guys? <laughs> hey, that's copyrighted, son. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. He just writes the tweets. <laughs> to be fair, he does a lot more than just write the tweets. Right. Uh, okay. So we don't have any save updates because we've not really been playing. Football manager, apart from or have the we? alpha version of FM twenty. Yeah, see, so I was alluding to it. I was getting there, right? So, some of us visited SI, and I think, I mean, we're going to hand this over kind of to Dupe, and he can be like question master and ask us about what went on. Unfortunately, Herb is not here to join us. He's found better things to do, which is just, I mean, it's disgraceful behaviour. Let's be honest. Literally um, dressing up as a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Go away. Could be worse. He could be a lorry driver. Too soon, probably. That was. I mean, that was. That one was of them. cold. <laughs> right. So, um, so, from our perspective, then, what was what were the biggest takeaways from the visit? Not necessarily from like gameplay wise. And I know Dave and Joe had their their own. Uh, video that they sort of discussed some of these things and Joe brought up some of these points uh, particularly about the one thing I picked out from that was that you said it was quite awe-inspiring in the like actually walking into the offices and like some of us have seen what they where they used to be uh, um, and where they are now in here east and what it's like walking in Uh, it's certainly a lot better compared to the old offices Um, people agree I, yeah, just Helpful the whole. Dave, cheers. Yeah, yeah, I. <laughs> to be honest, no, the biggest takeaway I... was the five guys we had on Saturday that you used a knife and fork for. So <laughs> that was a big this takeaway. Is, this was... is old news. I always use a knife and fork. But you didn't when you had a pizza on Sunday. That is true. I'm almost I glad I wasn't there, Matt. You're the biggest piss taker for me using knives and forks. So, but yeah, I didn't. I was too hungry by that point on. Do you, Sunday. do you carry around lemon wet wipes as well, just out of interest? He's a fucking wet wipe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Um, no. So that's that's answered that one. <laughs> um, I guess as that question's fallen quite flat, what did what what did we enjoy about the weekend? Speaking uh, and obviously seeing all the the different creators, I think that's the the biggest highlight everyone always takes away from the weekend. Um, 
you know, you speak to everyone a lot more than you actually play the game over the weekend. And, the, you know, the chances are we only see everyone once a year and it's normally at that, that sort of a event. So, yeah, as always, it was always nice to catch up with the other creators. Yeah, I think my favourite thing was Dave getting trapped in the back of my car. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Dave trapped in your car. What happened? Basically, a ride back to the hotel. Dave decided to get in the rear seats, which are designed for Matt when he's got no legs. He, he, got, <laughs> he got a little bit trapped. He was a little bit snug. He was in a big car, and it was a bit tight. That, we'll we'll, we'll end it there. Yeah. Poor old. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, obviously, aside from getting to play FM early, seeing the office and everything, I think Dave being a hustler at pool in the kitchen Oi. was... Uh, was quite a highlight there because he it was, was against Chris Curtis, and then somehow beat PubSport's champion of the world. Prime Ronnie O'Sullivan against Curtis. He didn't play pool, but you know, Curtis was that your highlight? What getting beat by you? Yeah. It was. I mean, it was charity more than anything. But mate, I saw you on the dartboard though. You were oh, you were like it. a young. You were like a young Phil the Power Taylor. Mate, I'm good. I'm quite good at sports where you don't really have to move. <laughs> so. He's a pro chess player. Is darts a sport? Or is that a separate Ooh, debate for another day? Yeah. Is pool a sport? Is it's wrestling a sport? No. Sports entertainment. <laughs> this is the wrong podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sports I think... interactive. Anything you want to know? Dope. About the game. About the weekend. Um, I think you've covered it because, like, every time I'm in a chat with you, you don't shut up about it. Um, <laughs> no, um, so you, you got to sit down with Miles. What was? Uh, is there anything you can kind of discuss about that, or is it all kind of one hundred percent off the record? Uh, were his words? I'm afraid it was so. fucking confidential. So. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> what was so it, Dave? Fucking confidential, by the way. <laughs> Dave's never going back to where. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, Miles. Love you. Okay. Uh, he involved me in the conversation twice, and Dave I, I literally Dave's leg started shaking. He's like, yeah. "You know, Dave, you know, like like wolves, you know, seventh place clubs." Yeah, Dave did there, not like... his pants. And then he goes, "You see that Dave there? He's drinking Pepsi Max." I was there like, "Mate, Miles, all right, I'll pay you. Yeah, I'll pay you next time." Kept mentioning me in the in the debate. Product placement on a podcast doesn't really yeah. go so well, I don't think. But you can pay us, Miles. Uh, not Miles, Pepsi. You know. Okay. No, I mean it was good Pepsi. to be fair for someone that runs a studio to come in on a Sunday to just eat pizza and talk pony for an hour you know you ain't getting that anywhere else I suppose we should talk a little bit about the game as well well I think well, one thing we can discuss is the live stream I mean we were all in there Curtie included I mean God, that man hard. was loving his life in, in there mate Good work, Curtis. Well got done. A, I've got to earn my stripes, haven't I? Well, you, yeah, you've changed since last year. So, GG, bro. It's nice to be to fair, I was, I was modded in there last year as well, even with the bitter taste in my mouth. But, oh, um, well, is that how you got the mod? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, the live stream was uh, was good. I think the best thing about it, to be honest, was the was the bromance. Yeah, it's nice little... It's nice beautiful little in real life as well, isn't it? It really yeah. is. It really is. Like Dom's, Dom's sort of quite chilled out and like almost not flippant. Flippant's the wrong word, but like he's just kind of very casual about everything. But Tom is just like 
Mr. Sunshine, isn't he? Mr. Sunshine. So, like, they make a really good couple. It's lovely. It's lovely to see. A good couple. <laughs> well. Next on Love Island. <laughs> I can't. Was it Ian Sterling? I can't do his voice, I'm afraid. So. On Love Island. <laughs> there you Is go. He Welsh? <laughs> uh, South African. Um, the uh, yeah the the live stream I think went down well apart from the well basically everyone that was saying it looked awful and there was nothing that had changed but trolls galore. Well, having played it, it's to coin a phrase, buttery smooth. This is what I'm sure Matt said. Um, I think when you get to play it, it does feel better, and I think the more you get to play it, you're going to start seeing these features actually come to life and you know we spoke about it all weekend about if you play a save for a long time it's de- you're definitely gonna benefit from these new additional features See, yeah I, sorry dude you carry on i was, I was gonna say I, i'm trying to remember there was a couple of things that really stood out for me on the live stream that i hadn't seen anywhere else a couple of features that i think one was about um finding players discipline I think for me, somebody that um, goes straight on a fight, you know, if, if, if they get sent off, bang, match wages or a week's wages. I think it's quite nice that you can preset that. I know, again, it's only saving a couple clicks of a button, but I mean, at the end of the day, it just, just smooths things out. Right? One thing that I wasn't sure, because so that's to do with the, the um, code, code of, of conduct. conduct. That's the one, yes. But so that it's agreed what the fine and what, what the uh, disciplinary, disciplinary measures will be upon a particular offence. I wasn't sure if it's automatically applied or not. Oh, though. okay. Yeah. So I don't know if you can pick or choose whether you do discipline said players or whether you can be accused of favouritism, no, etc. blah, blah, blah. So you carry on. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, I was going to say, it's added to when you introduce yourself to the squad at the start as well. If you if you take the recommended discipline uh, disciplinary action, it becomes part of that conversation where they kind of say, oh, look, we all agree that you know, this code of conduct, and then you can pretty much say, so don't be surprised that if you get sent off or if you're AWOL, then you're going to get two weeks, you know, two-week fine or whatever it is. So it, it all kind of ties in nicely at, that, at the start there. Is anything, I mean, with reputation and, and attributes, because discipline or something, man management or something on that is, is obviously one of the manager uh, attributes. I wonder what, over time if you have got a reputation of being a, you know, very strict and, and, and disciplined that 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 wouldn't be an issue you could put whatever you want on and people are expecting that because you are that sort of manager um but on the lot i mean i could be completely wrong here but on the live stream it it was kind of portrayed that once you set it it would it would automatically do it but i don't know that obviously i i'm not lucky enough to get my hands I on the game and test it you can set it once a season from what was discussed whilst we were there what wasn't made clear was, like I said, about whether it's automatically applied um, per offence, or whether it uh, whether you actually have to manually apply it once uh, a player gets sent off, for example, or um, whichever variant of getting sent off, because you can apply different levels of granularity to sort of a straight sending off, multiple sendings off over multiple games, or if you two yellows lead to a red, for example. Um, one of the other things that I think some of us sort of struggled to find a little bit when we were there was the the uh, playing playing time or playing path player pathways, um, which sort of links 
closely into players' uh, playing time and there are new bits for views and things like that so you can actually judge a player against how often they're playing uh, and where, and and the agreed playing time in their contract which I think is nice particularly when it comes to managing players expectation and hopefully may well see an end to them coming into the uh, you know knocking on the manager's door and saying I should be playing more often uh, mate you 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 know you're a fringe player no chance I liked it with the goalkeepers now obviously again we've only seen I've I'm I'm with the listeners right I've only seen what I've seen on live stream and the stuff that they've put out on Twitter but the, the goalkeepers is for me is it, it's obviously you've, you've got your first choice there's only one space that you can fill but it's nice that you can set that up with those goalkeepers and say look you're going to come in in the cups as long as you remember to put it in I mean, I'm assuming that might be under promises or something you know that that might be highlighted um, or if you do a suggested squad it might put the goalkeeper in I don't know that's me uh, making assumptions but no I, I liked that that was good I think goalkeepers have their own uh, own set of like um, playing time parameters, so you can have like a first choice goalkeeper, and then there is a cup goalkeeper as well. I can't remember what the others are. Emergency. Backup uh, emergency goalkeeper as well. I like the fact you can add it to the squad view as well, oh, that's um, cool. so that you can see what they're promised playing time is, and also what their actual playing time is. So you can see if you kind of dip below. Oh, that's good. Um, so that's quite a uh, quite a good little thing to have. Tidy Stupendous. Mm. I mean, as a person that likes the lower league saves, uh, this club vision thing for me is 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 massive. I think it's awesome. I really do think it's good. I think it's nice that we can we can really you almost <laughs> set the targets right without having to um, you know you can set those targets. So you can hope that you can get there and and. I think it might give you a little bit of a leeway with some of these players at some of these clubs and and you're not going to get chucked away straight away. I think with the non-league clubs, it's going to be the most rewarding with that because top, well, sometimes I suppose with any football team, things can just go either way uh, whenever. And um, sometimes you can get yourself out of trouble quite easily in the Premier League and stuff like that. But with non-league, because resources are so sort of tiny and restricted, I think with a, with the the five year plan or the club vision, um, it could be really really rewarding on a long term save if you complete the sort of the objectives that are there. I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but uh, something that we've obviously been quite excited here at WeStream FM is the uh, the announcement about the network stuff. Oi oi! Yeah, so finally, and <laughs> it was uh, the ire of Miles. I think whilst we were there, we did mention it. Uh, sort of his his polls whilst we were there, and finally Network won one of the uh, one of the Twitter roulette polls. He absolutely refused to give us like the the sort of the preview of what he was going to tweet out. We yeah. had to guess, and he'd tell us yes or no. We literally no one could guess anything. Yeah, literally, we had to wait for Network to actually win before we could see what mm-hmm. what was worth uh, the wait though, revealed. right? Because it was nice to see that we hadn't. Like argued and and campaigned for for us to get the, the the drop, and then he just like drops one and goes, oh yeah, so now you as network in a network you can now wear the same jacket or something stupid like that. It was actually very good drops what he's dropped, especially with the diversion. I mean that's obviously quite big with with my last couple of saves that I've had with network that we've had some issues with that. It's also nice you can go and 
watch other people's saves uh, games without it crashing. So no, I think it's a big improvement. Hopefully, to be honest, um, me and Herb did a, a draft while we were there, and it like I've done drafts before, and it's not the most pleasant experience. It can be a bit jittery, it can be a bit laggy, but but actually it was it was really really good and really smooth. So I've got sort of high hopes for uh, for network saves going forward. Yeah, I think it would be good to actually make them a thing because I think so many people had plans for networks or network saves and they ended up getting kiboshed because they were coming across the issues. And I think last year, I don't I don't recall anyone noticing them sort of in so like so frequently in years gone part years gone by and from what we'd heard previously they weren't like they weren't new issues they'd been there for a while it's just that they seem to be like sort of really come to the fore and really caused lots of people problems as opposed to just the odd few which may be why they ended up getting fixed because they were so prevalent yeah it can't be a coincidence can it can't be a coincidence that like you know i know deep and teach played network saves but talking to teach about it and he was saying he's been playing network saves for years and never seen the issue and then all of a sudden it happens last year and then it's kind of happening to multiple people within the community so something must have triggered it um whether it was known or unknown at the time something must have triggered it but uh it's good that they've uh they've sorted it ready for the new game i think this day and age though it's um Whatever, if there is a problem, it's always going to be on a bigger scale because more people can just pick up their phone and tweet and moan about it, right? You know, back in your day, boys, you had to write a letter and give it to a pigeon. <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's actually what they said, didn't they? Like people had to write letters to Sports Interactive complaining about the game to get an update. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Spoilers, David. Confidential, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. mate. That's not off the record. <laughs> That bit isn't, but that is also part of the interview with Neil that we're about to uh, <laughs> listen to. Well, that's a good that's a good uh, lead. Well done, David. Cheers, son. Great hosting. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, as Dave's already spoiled half the interview, Soz. <laughs> uh, we'll lead into it. So, this is the first of three interviews that we have with uh, so, some key members of Sports Interactive staff that gives you uh, a peek behind the curtain of what they do and also shows you sort of how passionate they actually are about what they do. So, we are here at SI, joined by Neil. Uh, Neil, introduce yourself. Tell us what you do. Hi, everyone. My name's Neil Brock. I am the QA Community Manager for Sports Interactive. So what that means is that I'm part of the, the management team for our quality assurance department, making sure we uh, keep track of all, all the bugs and issues that are raised. But then from the community perspective, I'm also very much involved in our community forums, helping administrate them and run those, and also providing all the sentiment and feedback and everything else from the community back to our QA team and the development side as well. So basically what you're saying is it's your tactics, mate. Mm. It's always your tactics. <laughs> 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 uh, so we have a few sort of questions aimed at at you and what you do. Um, but how long have you been at SI? Well, I joined just after the 2006 World Cup. So that means I've been at SI for 13 years. In that time, I've worked uh, in a few various areas of the company. I've worked uh, for a little bit of time. I was working in the IT department, bizarrely enough, hence why I've got a bit of tech knowledge for the customer support side. 
Um, but mainly I've been in QA and also helping out the, the comms team, uh, of which we've sort of expanded over the years. But I mean, the football managers changed so much in that time. The first title I worked on was FM07. And if you guys can remember that far back, it's a vastly different game to the one we've got now. How, how, has, uh, how has it changed over 13 years? Like, how, how many people were working here when you originally started and how's that compared to now? Well, when I first started, we were actually based uh, on Upper Street. Um, now, for those of you that don't know, we're over in Stratford in the Olympic, Cent- uh, Olympic Park, I should say. Uh, we were previously on Old Street as well. But from the f- when I first joined, there was about sort of 30 people in the development team. Um, and then there was a, a small QA team that were based in a room no bigger than the room we're in now, which for the listeners isn't that big at all. We all kind of squeezed in. People only sort of came in on short-term contracts. It was nowhere near as organized as it is now. We didn't have an internal uh, comms team. It was all kind of done on the fly, really. And uh, the research team was only a couple of people uh, who managed the process. And then we had a bunch of volunteers kind of similar to what we have today but on a, a much smaller scale um now we've got i think about 140 full-time staff and then during the summer period we also expand our qa team to make sure we have enough people keeping enough eyes on the game to make sure it's as polished as it can be with that then as you've sort of i wouldn't say you're quite part of the furniture but you're getting your way there what is the sort of the, the, i mean yeah. we, before we started recording you were talking about massages going on in this room yeah I, this I, is I, also I actually true. don't have a question what is your weirdest experience since working at si but i don't know do you have anything weirder than that um possibly not i, I remember borrowing uh, ray houghton's football boots once to play a random game of football which is a bit random <laughs> yeah, at, at the time i'd only been at the company about six months and we went and played in a random football tournament up in uh i think it was leeds and uh just being an idiot i forgot my boots and then there was ray houghton with a spare pair i was like oh just borrow mine and i was thinking oh i'm gonna be brilliant in ray houghton's <laughs> boots and i remember the first thing i did was sort of skin a person get through one-on-one and just slice it wide and i thought yeah, maybe not. Maybe it's not in the boots like Jimmy Kim, uh, Crimble or whatever that terrible Jimmy film Jimmy Gimble. Was. There you go. Grimble, Grimble, not Grimble. Gimble. So not, yeah. Gimbles are the things you have on cameras. Not quite his 1994 World Cup strike against Italy. No, and I really I, just wanted to gush about that in his face quite a lot, but I decided <laughs> against it. So. I think he I mean, shouldn't it anyway, to be honest. I was going to say phrasing of that. Yeah. Gushing in his... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's going to come back to haunt me, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's probably one of the weirdest. That, that is niche, though, like borrowing someone's... Yeah, yeah, pretty niche, I think. I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff that goes on around SI Towers, but uh, that's the sort of first thing that pops into my head. So, yeah. So are you part of the, the SI sort of five-a-side team then? or? Uh... I have been over the years, yeah. We've we've had sort of many different versions. At the moment, we don't play... Well, we It's a bit... It's quite a convoluted setup for all our football. As you can imagine, a company like Football Manager, you, everything has to be done in a very bizarre way we have a draft system currently for football. <laughs> so it must be quite competitive yes. surely at this stage well there's some very good players here now we've got a few players who are sort of uh, currently playing semi-professional a couple that have been on the books for major clubs as well uh, Premier League clubs in fact um, so I'm probably not as high in the rankings as I once was a few years back but but we used to have a sort of five five side teams that play in the Finsbury Leisure Centre League and there's various sort of trophies and medals sprung about people's desks um, now we sort of keep it a bit more in house and have our own sort of league that runs on a Tuesday so if anyone ever wants to come down and have a kick about with us uh, 
feel free to get involved. Yes. So. so is that an open challenge to, yeah. to all creators then? Possibly, yeah. I mean, like I said, we've got uh, semi-professional footballers here. So if you uh, fancy the challenge of that, I mean, I'd be a while to terrible. go, yeah, I think. I think I can get his step over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Five star one FC sounds good to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have the shirts? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we'll be, we'll, we'll just retire on zero. Yeah. <laughs> Und- undefeated. Undefeated. Exactly, yeah. undefeated. I like the sound of that. Uh, I mean, we did ask uh, Tom and Dom when we, well, I think it was probably Tom at that point, because Dom's charger had probably, or charging his laptop had run out. Oh, I heard, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but who would you say is one of the uh, better players here? Well, there's a guy who's been here for quite a lot of years. I'm probably quite biased because I've played with him for, for absolutely ages, but a guy called David Bonney. And uh, it's no elaboration to say he's got feet like Messi, like <laughs> the way he dances around players. And no one actually knows his actual, uh, his sort of age we, we kind of guess it's roughly around late 30s 40s but i couldn't tell you there's there's been no birth certificate well, <laughs> that way. um he's just he, not easy a great footballer at sort of taking people on but he brings other people into the game so well and the amount of times he's sort of made a goalkeeper fall over and sort of dribbled it round him again yes. to make him fall over again and then put it it's ridiculous i mean there probably are players who are quicker or stronger or maybe even better technically but he just he somehow got this package and as I said I've, I'm a bit biased I've played with him for years yeah. <laughs> no, no, I just, I believe he's all in for everyone to enjoy so it's all in your minds not mine that's what you've got to ask yourself if you're hearing this you're thinking about it so. it's too easy I'm um, well going from the filth we'll go to further filth um, what's Indeed. sort of the, the most toxic thing you've sort of experienced sort of as you curate forums I, oh, I'm wow. sure you you see quite a lot of yeah, garbage there's, there's a lot of angry people and I mean when you get as passionate about something like FM I can see where that comes from I, poor old Miles puts up with a lot I mean he's obviously on social media so gets uh, to use the block button quite a bit but um I think on the forums, it's sometimes when people get so absorbed into their game and just one sort of tiny thing happens, like, oh, my goalie sort of passed it straight to a defender or every free kick I seem to concede goes in the top corner, stuff like that, and people just seem to lose their minds a little bit. To, so, to be honest, I've just played Herb in a draft and my goalkeeper <laughs> just made the most horrendous... The super, isn't he? Yeah, the ball, the ball came to him, he went to pick it up and just basically then just left it for Herb's attacker to just... Lee Griffiths was on fire. Yard. It was just so, the pace. Yeah, so I, I was nearly on the forums just then. Just, so just, abuse. just to clarify, what are your tactics? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Too <Touché. laughs> have, have you ever had any like like people from the forums sort of for any of it to flow over to other social medias like Twitter or anything like that? Or have you sort of stay off off that sort no, of side Well, of I sort of keep an eye on a lot of different things. Yeah. So yeah, certainly uh, Reddit as well. Yeah, it's yeah. quite uh, popular for people sort of bringing up issues. We've had in the, well, more recently, I would say Steam reviews. People have oh, sort right, of yeah. let mm-hmm. off ste- Steam mm-hmm. there, pardon the pun. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it does. And you sort of get familiar with certain characters as well. Mm-hmm. Like in the Steam forums, people, I'd say generally less part of the community there sometimes in the sense of, they're not sort of willing to help and have conversations. Yeah. Sometimes I just go there to rant. I mean, there are good posters there, don't get me wrong. But there's one user, a West Ham fan, who I have to ban from the Steam forums every <laughs> single year. And it's almost become... Sounds like Martin Herbert, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But it's almost become this thing where as soon as he posts, it's almost like saying hello and then saying goodbye at the same yeah. time. But, but yeah, unfortunately, that's the case. I guess it's quite frustrating when you are trying to help, but people don't see that 
point. It's just that I need to shout because I'm annoyed at this and it should work yeah. what I how I think it should. Yeah, and again, it's it's the passion from their perspective. It's justifiable that they wanna they want it to work exactly how they want it to work. I I feel quite sorry for my for our mod team sometimes on the forums as well. There's sort of twenty plus guys who help out in their own free time. They don't really get much for it. We'll sort of send them a free copy. We'll put their names in the credits and say thanks. But realistically, they're doing it off their own back a lot of the time. And they get accused of all sorts of things like, oh, SI are paying you off to say these things. <laughs> and they're just, they are legitimately just trying to help. And they're sort of saying things from their perspective. And sometimes they're critical of the game. But all we ever ask for on the forums is for people to try and be constructive with it. Because if they are, we can try and change the game to make it better. The most frustrating thing from my perspective to be seeing just oh the game's rubbish and that's it it's like we can't do anything with that we can't just tear everything up and start again because one person said that but if you say well i feel like there's too many shots from range that are off target we can kind of look into that and break it down with with evidence and information we can we can actually we can change the game and that's what we try and do We're, we've never been a company that sort of release it then wash our hands of it i mean we always release updates we always just try and make it the best experience possible because well, because we're all fans of the game. I mean, I st I've been working here 13 years and I still go home and play it in my spare time, much to my wife's anger, but <laughs> poor old Helen. But um, but yeah, I mean, we're all passionate about the game. We just want it to be as good as it can be. So so we get it. I mean, people do want to raise their opinions. They do want to want to be heard and we want to hear from them. We just, like I said, all we ask is for it just to be constructive. So, What's the sort of ratio you get on the forums of actual like bugs versus... How the game is intended to work so like like you said you were referencing people who just maybe had a bit of bad luck in a game and have just gone on there to sort of rant or they've mm. just gone on there to you know to have a moan about their goalkeeper chucking the ball in the net yeah um but like do you often have to sit through a lot of sort of match footage or like pkms or whatever um and go actually that's worked fine that's kind of how it was intended um as opposed to you know how many bugs there are maybe in the game yeah, there is some of that. Absolutely. I mean, what I've always found incredibly difficult, and I posted about this the other day on the forums, in fact, is how not only do we have to create this match engine where everything happens in football, you have to create the mistakes as well. And we've all seen games in football where something where you think that would never happen in a million years for some reason has happened. I mean, I remember last season, uh, that last-minute goal in the Merseyside derby, for instance. You would never expect that to happen, the ball practically falling off the crossbar into the goal. It was just bizarre. But we've sort of got to try and make sure strange things like that could happen. I remember logging a bug years ago about uh, Andy Carroll moving for like 25 million and being, oh, this is completely unrealistic. It never happened. Cheap. Six months later, he went for 10 million pound more. Yeah. Stuff like that. It can be quite subjective, I guess. Um but people on the forums are generally pretty good. I mean, some people get a bit agitated when you say, oh, can you provide us information? They they sort of put up their shields and say, well, it's your job to find these. It's not our job. We, we're we not getting paid to do this. But again, we try and encourage them to think, well, we're all doing this for the benefit of everyone. I remember last year I had a I had one where I was stuck in a penalty shootout. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I went on the forum and I reported it. I, I can't remember if it was you, actually, but someone said, oh, can you upload the PKM? I was like, I literally can't. I'm yeah, stuck in a penalty shootout. So yeah. I, I, had to, um, I had to upload a skin which uh, forced I could force a result. Right, And luckily okay. it managed yeah, yeah. to still get the PKM. Um but yeah, that was, and I lost, I lost the penalty oh. shootout. Oh no, after all that. So, it was ridiculous. It was, it was so annoying. 245, 244. Well, well, no, it wasn't. <laughs> everyone was missing. It was just yeah. like, everyone was missing. So it was, yeah, it was mental. But. 
So, yeah, both teams are trolling you, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I'm going to blame the match team for that. But, um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, things like that can sometimes happen. It is really frustrating when something like that gets out. But we have, I think, roughly about 30-odd internal QA now. And I also help manage the external uh, alpha and beta testing, which we send out to, to numerous people at the moment. We've got a, a closed alpha keep it quiet you're not supposed to know about that but mm-hmm. it's like sort of 600 people are on that that includes our researchers also includes a lot of people we call our dream team who every year the sort of people that we just want to get involved we also have some some of our uh, people involved in the community on that as well um and they're really great at providing feedback and it just from going from a route from uh the office of having say 30 or 40 people looking at it, just expanding that to a few hundred you realize the amount of stuff that potentially you, you just can't see everything mm. but it is incredibly frustrating for us when stuff goes out like that where someone gets stuck or the game crashes those ones are the real killers i must say so do you have any really funny ones like stuff that's come through you like surely not well, sometimes you see bugs in the match engine, which actually somehow turn out to be quite good. And that that can be quite good sometimes. Like I remember there was one, this is from years ago, like probably like FM 10 or something like that, where someone like completely mishit a free kick. So it sort of scooped over the wall, but then a player reacted before anyone else sort of ran around the wall and hit it first time in. You're thinking, that shouldn't happen. It's a complete bug. But it looks amazing. We've got to keep that in. Or one where players, for some reason, rather than their heights being six foot, were 60 foot. So you just had a bunch of giants. That's another thing where you're like oh we could just release a game like that and we're done like, no one complain about anything else because it'd just be crazy but uh so they're quite good bugs but obviously uh they're quite easy to spot so mm-hmm. the extreme ones like that so they don't tend to make it out unfortunately how has your sort of how has the the management of bugs sort of um adapted from a very small number of staff to sort of now where you've got so many of how do you sort of you've got all of this stuff going into a funnel how yeah. do you actually control it and manage it and decide which like the prioritization of which bugs need to be fixed and which ones are sort of a, a nice to have or maybe go into a sort of a, a later release well it's difficult because obviously you're, you're limited by time uh the developer's time mainly so from, from a qa perspective you just log everything as high and be like just get it fixed get it fixed whatever you do but the reality is we can't do that so I think a lot of it comes with experience of sort of seeing the types of issues which would be classified as, as high, the ones you think m- would be seen immediately. Say a person loads up the game within the first 10 minutes they see it. Obviously, again, that's going to be a high issue because it's everyone's going to see it. Whilst there may be other types of issues that are longer term, say if you play five seasons, all the new gens come through uh, and they all have sort of determination one, slightly harder to see. But again, it's a massive issue. I think as, as time's gone on, we've actually become a lot more professional. We've actually uh, revamped how QA works. We used to have just a manager and then what we call leads or managing individual areas. That's expanded a lot now. Um, every area has a dedicated lead. So say the match, the transfers and contracts, uh, competitions and rule groups, all the scheduling, stuff like that. And beneath them, there's other people helping out QA testers. So there's a lot more eyes on it. A lot of that comes back to the QA management team, which I'm part of. There's a guy called Ollie Kenny. He's been here longer than me. He's been here almost 15 years. He's our QA manager now. And I think with people like that who know the game inside out, they can really make a good judgment call on how severe an issue is and what sort of priority it should be given. And then again, for each area, you have producers. You, you'll be speaking to Nick Madden, the the match producer, people like that. They keep a really good oversight on what needs to be done. I mean, developers themselves, 
they want to fix everything as well. Um, they also want to work on features. We, we love putting features in the game because obviously it means more people could get interested and excited about certain things. But it, it is difficult. You have to almost put estimates on everything at the start of a cycle to say, well, this feature is going to take X amount of time and then you need to give yourself bug fix in time as well because with software development, no matter how hard you try, there's always going to be bugs along the way. Presumably when you started making the beta public as well, that was like a whole new ball game for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a lot of time on the forums as well, sort of getting feedback in. Uh, it basically gave us almost like an extra two weeks to, to fix things, to, to tune things in, to make it more polished. Um, I think a lot of us are quite scared the first year when we're going to do it because it's different that you can sort of roll it out like that. But again, I started in the days when the game just went out on a disc. So you didn't have any second chances, updates. You'd have to come on the website and download them. I mean, before then, it was a case of you'd have to write a letter to Sports Interactive and we'd send you a disc <laughs> with, with a patch on. I mean, it's changed a lot. Steam has helped us a lot in terms of at least being able to deliver these updates. Um, so I guess it's it's kind of what you get used to as, as time goes on about the, the opportunities to change things and make things better and have that opportunity to, to improve the game. So... Um, on the flip side, I guess you get like there's a certain element of entitlement now, isn't there? Though there is, but again, like, that's, that's the kind of stuff that Miles has to deal with and sort of. Yeah, I mean, there's back, definitely back a lot of that, day. and same with some of the features that get suggested. That people are just like, I'll put this in because it'll be really easy. It will take five seconds, and you think, well, the reality is, it's probably going to be a lot more work than that. Um, but again, I, I get it. I get the passion. I get the idea that people want these things to be fixed. I'm being sort of very like, oh yeah, the community's great. They should say what they like and. They, they should to an extent. I mean, they've got a game, they want it to be as good as possible. Just the way you do it, I think, has to be beneficial for everyone rather mm. than just, as you say, oh, I can't believe this wasn't fixed. If you tell us about it, we can look into it, we can fix it. But if you're just saying this is rubbish, sack all of QA, all that kind of stuff, you, you sort of don't really think about everything <laughs> that's gone into it to get to that stage. But, but yeah, most development companies, they will just push QA to the front and be like, yeah, you guys deal with that. When it's like, we logged this three months ago. We told you to fix it. <laughs> it's not always like that, honest. But, but yeah. What is your sort of preferred uh, way of doing things? Because obviously when you would have first started here, I remember still having to download the patch and install the patch. And there, there was the three like defined times. Now we still do have those defined times for data updates. Yeah. Um, but with the like the intimate, like with the sort of the interim patches or the hot fixes, do you prefer having that sort of thing? Or obviously, there's a sort of a diff I guess there's differing time pressures. It's like we have to hit this date to get it out because that's when it's supposed to be coming out. We've got to push all these fixes in. Or do you prefer having the sort of flexibility of being able to have like a hot fix when a sort of a pretty prevalent issue, or even if it's just trivial, but something that people want fixing? Do you prefer having that like set date to work to or do you prefer just sort of saying we'll just do it whenever it needs doing and just release when it's ready sort of thing yeah it's definitely a good question because there's sort of two lines of thoughts to this there's the there's a bit of sort of the old school mentality that almost every update is a defeat that you shouldn't be having to release updates and there's a bit more of a modern mentality of like updates are a bit more accepted by everyone and if you've got the opportunity to fix something that's going to potentially ruin someone's game or even cause problems, then then why not fix it? I mean, I, I work a lot on the stability side of the game. So the crashes, the sort of issues where users get stuck or their games, God forbid, break. Um, and for me, it's a godsend being able to sort of roll out these updates. But we just need to do it in such a way that it doesn't disrupt. Like the last thing you want to do is roll out uh, 
I know a lot of people get frustrated sometimes when we release a new match engine and sometimes they feel like their tactics suddenly doesn't work, for instance. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not quite that simple, but but I get that. There is sometimes they, some things are slightly overpowered. You might sort of try and dial it back a little bit, albeit it's a lot more complicated than that. Uh, to sort of go back to your question, I think... I think it is really beneficial to be able to hotfix things and be able to release updates as often as possible. From a from our perspective, it puts a lot more pressure on us because obviously we're always working towards being able to do these to sort of identify what are the major issues and get them fixed. And there's always the opportunity that there's a knock on from one of these. So you may think, oh, it's a simple fix, that's fine. Then you realize it's completely broken something else. So from a QA perspective, we really have to be on it when we're doing sort of regular updates. But um yeah, last thing you want to be in is in a position where you know there's a major problem and you have to wait a month to fix it. I mean, it's a nightmare, especially being on the forums as well. When you see these people with this problem, you're just stuck. Uh, one thing we we trialed last year was a, a public beta where after we'd actually released the game, I think it was uh, just after sort of Christmas time, we opened it up a bit more that when we were sort of testing fixes, there was a build available for people to move on to via Steam. Uh, hopefully that's something we can do again this year but, but again we don't want to be reliant on sort of having paying customers to sort of test the game for us I just think it's just more of a way of just keeping everyone involved a bit more informed about what's going on and making sure that people aren't running sort of potentially into problems I guess you can. I was going to go off topic so if oh, you you know, got a follow no, it, was more, it was more just sort of saying that it, uh, I think having a public beta is, is always a great option because it doesn't matter how big the company is and how much money they have and how much money they can throw at each department. You, you know, you have a. It may be a paying, paying customer or customers, but they're going to have lots of different scenarios that, even to the sort of the best intentions, a QA department isn't going to be able to touch everything. Yeah. And so there will be, and there's going to be so many different random scenarios because it's there's so many different outcomes for the game that the, the you, you do get the really bizarre things that just crop up just because people have happened to come across these parameters that have just led to something breaking or like a bit of text going wrong or what have you. But you can now go off topic if you wish. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you, you Thanks, say Ed. you still play the, the game in your spare time. Yeah. Best ever save? What a question. Um, oh, man. Wow. There's, there's been a lot. I, I tend to sort of go in cycles of the teams I end up playing with. I had an amazing uh, non save is, is that how you pronounce it? Uh, years ago. Sorry, I'm loving these. For this, I'm pod, this, <laughs> this podcast, right? Now. I've seen nuts. <laughs> the French side, they were yellow kids. Anyway, uh, that was a very good what save. What are you doing on a Thursday night? Well, <laughs> why are you asking? Um, but um, I had... star potential. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I tend to... I play as a few sort of different teams. I have like an Italian save where I play as a team called like Pro Vicelli, who yeah, were really right. famous sort of back in the day and sort of been out of it for a long time. Uh, sometimes I'll do an Oxford United save because I'm sort of from Oxford way originally. Uh, sometimes I'll do a Turkish team that I can't even begin to pronounce the name <laughs> of, but I had an amazing save with them. But this, this sort of French team that I played with many years ago, I also ended up managing the France national team and got to the European Championship final and ended up winning, basically playing almost my identical team as the French yes. national team. Nice. So so that combination was really great. Yeah, I had a really... <laughs> I had a really good save on, I think, FM... I think FM 05, perhaps, where I was Oxford United manager. And uh, ended up getting them to like the Euro, well, what was then UEFA Cup final, 
sort of winning that, getting the Real Madrid job, winning everything in my first season. I'd like Michael Owen when he was there, ripping it up. And then uh, the Oxford United job came up again. And I thought, well, I'm bored at Real Madrid. I'll go back there. And they rejected me for the job. Oh. I was like, you kidding? <laughs> so I think that's what got me into Sports Interactive, being so annoyed by that bug or that issue or whatever it was. Were thought, you oh, currently under contract at Real Madrid or had you already left? I was... That's a good question. I can't remember. I would have thought that my... that would have been why, because they can't afford your compensation. Compensation. See, there you go. I like See? that. Just his brain. Yeah. your tactic. 13 years later. I'm going to go and fix this from the inside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I still think I've got the save. I've got all of my sort of oh, classic saves yeah. yeah. kicking around. Definitely my tactic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, was that your longest save? Or have you sort of... you tend to sort of have a sort short-term-ish and then move on to and go to another obscure team? I normally play one major save per game. So I normally start around August time. So obviously that's still during development. It's before we've even gone to beta. But sort of people think, oh, I can't start a save till like the last data update and stuff. I start it early and I just carry on until basically I move on to the next version. So normally I get... I'm not the quickest player because I do things quite in depth. I normally get sort of 12 seasons in. But I remember way back on um, sort of, what was it, CM... One of the CMs, I got 30 seasons in, and it was just like game over. It's like 30 seasons was as far as you could go. I remember, yeah, being, I remember that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was distraught. I, I was playing as Newcastle, had this uh, young player come through, he'd been like England under 21 captain, he'd just become England captain. I was like, amazing, gonna build my team around him. Nope, game one's finished, yeah. no more. <laughs> so, so, never mind. And is that why you don't support Newcastle anymore? That's part of the reason, no. That is due to uh, Mr. Mike Ashley and uh, Rafa Benitez, no longer. Was this uh, England under 21s going to be your favourite player? Do you have like a player that's come through as a new gen and sort of excelled to this point? Or do you have any sort of, uh, I guess, affection towards a player that you would, you have no other reason to other than for their performances in Football Manager for you? I think we all do, don't we, really? There's there's a little bit of love for random players that maybe in real life you'd be like, oh, I don't even really know who that is. Uh, I remember sort of there was a few years where there was a lot of Scandinavian players that were really good, like Alexander Faranu, I think was, yeah. and before... Uh, Salakovic as well. Yeah, uh, Gantz Pedersen before yeah. he sort of became mm-hmm. a name was was really good. Uh, Ibrahima Bakayoko, you can sort of go way back to the classic Samba and so on and so forth. Uh, I'm quite lucky that... Uh, because I work at SI, my name sometimes appears as a new gen. There's a few staff members where uh, we will come through eventually. I must admit, all stats are random, so I've had myself come through a few times. Yeah, there's all, always good people come through on me <laughs> as a new gen. Yes, no, I'm in there as well. Terrible left backs. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible left backs. Best left back I'm the England left back on your side. Yeah, it was bad. See, yeah. see but um, I, I, I've <laughs> never come through in my own game as even remotely good. Nah, but no. I've tried signing myself to just. Try, I'm going to train him really hard. I'm going to give him games. <laughs> yeah. Always end up being terrible. So you've just signed for Dartford on my save. It's save. a good move. It's a good move. It's a good move. <laughs> 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 it's good for the world. Yeah. You're 45. You're playing for Burger <laughs> boys on my one. Still can't. Still doesn't need to shave at 45. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, with you sort of playing quite long term and and doing testing frequently. Have you ever had a son in game? I feel like this is something that. Oh, like, that's a good one. I've got a son in real life. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, only once. Uh, I think it was, I can't remember if it was last year's save or the one before. When you play so many and you work on it mm. all the time, they do get mixed up a bit. But I remember that he was not very good. I was going to say, was oh. he more of a Casper or was he a bit of a, a Callum? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was trying to be nice. I was thinking of his. Uh, like his mum, obviously, I didn't want to disappoint her when I come home from work and be like, oh, 
but he did not last very long in my system. <laughs> so I think I think it was when I was playing as a sort of a Newcastle save. I think he ended up as Gateshead. So you sure one of the programmers just didn't put him in to just to troll you or something? <laughs> Possibly. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. One determination. Honest, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Right. I, th- I don't have any further questions. No, Does anyone well, else have anything no, burning? Good. That's really good. Marvelous. Thanks right, for cool. joining us, Neil. No, thanks Thank very you, much. Neil. Yeah, brilliant. Excellent. That brings episode 114 to a close. You can find the links for each of us, the Five Star Pod Twitter account and Weestrom FM Discord server in the podcast description or by visiting weestromfm.com where you can also find all of our early capture content. Eyes emoji indeed. Five Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify and most other popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every Monday. Thank you all for listening. There will be more from us next week. Say goodbye, gents. Bye, gents. It'll be better next week. <laughs> <laughs>